Hello, and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Henry Longhurst, and my focus as a recruitment consultant is across the high-tech construction markets in Europe, partnering with leading construction companies who specialize in the design and build of data center, life science, and other advanced tech or mission-critical facilities. In this episode of CM Conversations, I speak to Kira O'Dwyer, Talent Experience Specialist at Modubuild. Modubuild are pioneers in the field of modular, prefabricated, and off-site construction. They own and operate one of Europe's leading off-site manufacturing facilities, where they design and construct entire turnkey high-tech buildings within their facility, and then transport them to client sites across Europe. In this episode, we discuss how modular and modern methods of construction can help bridge the talent gap we have in the construction sector, a problem that has been burdening the industry for some time. Whether you're from a construction background or not, I think there is something valuable here for everyone to take away. I hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Kira. How are you doing? Hi, Henry. How are things? Yeah, all good. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Good. Well, um, thanks so much for joining us on CM Conversations today. Um, I've alluded to it before when we've spoken, but I do find it really interesting how we've both followed very similar career paths to start with. Um, we both graduated with psychology degrees and then very shortly have found ourselves kind of recruiting in the high-tech construction sector, um, albeit on different sides of the coin. But um, would you like to start by giving our listeners a quick introduction to yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it's quite unusual that anyone that does psychology kind of ends up in data center recruitment, um, albeit a lot of them do end up in recruitment. Um, so um, my name's Kira O'Dwyer, working um, as a talent experience specialist for Modular Designs Limited, um, who are an Irish-based construction company. My background is studied applied psychology in University College Cork, um, followed on by occupational and organizational psychology. And then I was very fortunate to be taken on board by Kevin Brennan, our managing director, and I've worked at Modibuild for just under two years now. So a very, very fast two years, but very enjoyable. Good stuff. And for those who aren't overly familiar with Modibuild, can you just give us a bit of an insight into what Modibuild are about and, and what you guys do? Sure. I, I always say we're a bit of a hidden gem. Um, those who know of us know that we're they see us everywhere and then you know if you if you haven't heard of us I, I'm sure you'll start to to see us around the place now so we're a high-tech construction company um, working primarily in the data center industry and pharmaceuticals um, what we do is quite niche um, there's not a, a huge competitor market um, that we have because what we do is deliver very high-tech construction so we have very much so moved away from the the concrete and the the bricks, um, more to modular panels, um, just because it's safer, it's more efficient, and it is the future of construction. Um, our head office is based in Kilkenny, and we have a 140,000 square foot manufacturing facility in Cascomer, which is about 20 minutes from Kilkenny City, where we do the full turnkey modular construction for pharmaceutical companies. So we do expect that side of the business to grow significantly in the next five years for sure, um, probably more so now because of COVID. Um, and then we have other sites located in Belgium, Poland, Sweden, Finland, the Netherlands, and a lot of projects ongoing in Ireland as well. So we're very busy, um, but it's great. Um, it's very fast paced, it's high demanding, but we um, have a fantastic team in place um, and we are continuously growing. So it's, it's, it's really exciting to be involved in. Fantastic. And how's the last year been for a modular and off-site focused construction company? Obviously, every, the, the pandemic's affected everybody in a slightly different way, but what's it been like for, for Modubuild? 
Yeah, it's it's been a mixture of, I suppose, um, continued growth. We've had massive growth spurts throughout COVID. I think we brought on board 30 plus persons during the, in the heat of the pandemic last summer, which was fantastic. Um, we were very successful in winning our largest project to date during COVID. So it was really positive time for us, but some of our Irish projects, due to the restrictions, they did close. Um, but we have a very strong vision. So we had projects ongoing in Cascomer, we, which were essential service. So we were able to keep everybody on board and to continue to grow our team. So we were always looking forward, always looking at the projects on the horizon. And I think we are very fortunate, the industries that we're in, pharmaceuticals and data, the two things which we are now heavily reliant on, data obviously working from home. Um, so I, I, I would very much so say there'll be a lot more data centers popping up around the place and pharmaceuticals, vaccines, labs, clean rooms. So obviously that speaks for itself given the current circumstances. So we're very lucky. It did obviously have some impact and materials were, were somewhat delayed, projects maybe put on hold for a short time, but we we kept going and we kept ramping up and and saw it as an opportunity to grow our team even more to to help with this surge which we do expect to come yeah exactly you're definitely well positioned to tackle two of the biggest problems that we have right now um i mean i was thinking about it and at first i thought it might have been more difficult for for a modular construction company over the last year because given that a lot of the work is done indoors um where it's a little bit more difficult to socially distance and, and limit the spread of things but then i guess in hindsight given that modular building requires a much smaller labor force and you're in a bit of a more controlled environment maybe that actually made it a little bit easier yeah absolutely um the the products that we're on anyway they're essential service so we were very fortunate that they they did have to to go ahead and we were very lucky in that respect but the modular constru construction site especially in Casa Comer, it's extremely controlled environment so we have much more control of people coming in and off the facility versus on site you know there can be multiple deliveries where we have kind of a set delivery area so it, it was even the small things i think that made a big difference that we had a lot of structure in place um, across the facility um we have a huge amount of heads and safety personnel and the factory floor is massive so everybody you know it was quite well spread um some of the time we were on site as well during kind of the phases the phase of the project that we were at so we did have to spend some time on site there as well okay oh good well the reason i wanted to have you on the pod today was to discuss how modular construction techniques can essentially bridge the talent gap that we suffer from in our industry now the skill shortage isn't a new thing within construction. It's been ongoing for several years now, but like you mentioned, with so much activity occurring across the data center, the life science, and also the kind of healthcare construction markets in Europe, contractors, service companies like yourself are as busy as they've ever been and, and growing rapidly. Most, uh, I guess, are expanding into new markets, following customers into new geographies, um, being asked to build facilities faster to keep up with this demand. But something I'm hearing quite a lot is that there are projects that construction businesses are being offered, but they don't have the resources or people to say yes to, or they have to push this project back by several months while they find the staff. Um, the industry is, is so competitive, but it does suffer from a limited pool of talent. So it's a really good opportunity to discuss this topic with someone like yourself, who is tasked with navigating this kind of candidate driven environment and, and attracting the best people to their business. So I guess our mission today, um, should you choose to accept it, is to completely solve this skill shortage crisis in the, in the high-tech construction field. But I guess in all seriousness, I'm hoping that you can give us a bit of an insight 
or and, and our listeners um, from the client or construction company's perspective about the challenges we face instead of them just hearing it from my recruitment standpoint, as they always do. So you've been leading Modubuild's talent acquisition and talent experience efforts for the last couple of years. The business has grown significantly in that period of time. So from the outside, it doesn't look like you've had too much trouble finding good people. But I mean, what's your experience been? <laughs> I'm glad it looks that way from the outside. <laughs> it's been difficult, I suppose. We are quite lucky that the type of work we do attracts people who've been in the construction industry for some time and they've had their eye on the modular side of the business and they're saying, you know what, I'd really like to be involved in that. Um, whether it is the full turnkey module or modular construction side of the business or it is even the data centers because we're always trying to inject modular construction methods, make things safer, make things much higher quality, more efficient. So both sides of the business offer a huge amount of the modular side, which people are obviously really interested in because it is the future of construction. So we, we have that advantage point that a lot of, in particular, graduates, apprentices and, and young personnel may be trying to make their mark on the industry. They come in and they really want to, to give it a go. And we're very, very lucky that we have a, a very diverse work, workforce that have come from maybe different backgrounds. They all wanted to get involved in modular and it's all worked out very well. Um, but there is certainly a, a shortage of talent for sure. Um, I would say the, the kind of the, the main roles where you're looking at the source of talent is kind of supervision on site, health and safety, and then quantity surveyors as well, which are just gold dust. You just can't get them. Um, and it's surprising because there's a huge flow of graduates coming, but you have the much, much larger um, contractors in Ireland, like CISC, for example, um, or Mercury, who have the, the resources to run a, a very, very large graduate campaign as well. Um, so it's quite hard to find more so the senior personnel, um, quantity surveyors and kind of senior health and safety officers as well. I think the reason for the shortage is just that there's just so much work available. Um, so people can be kind of more picky. And if we're asking someone to come on board with us and do a project in Sweden where they could have a project in maybe their, their home country, you know, it, it, it can be difficult sometimes. But... We continue to attract very good talent, so we are quite lucky um, through different things. Mainly, I would say the main reason that we attract the talent that we do is our reputation. The industry is very niche, so we, you know, there's a handful of, of key competitors and key subcontractors and um, freelancers as well who work within the industry and they want to get more involved or they want to join our team permanently after working with us on a previous project. And they've seen the work that we do. We're not overly, we're not a, it's a high paced demanding industry. We're not overly aggressive. We're a nice crowd of people to work with. So we've heard and, and that we like to think as well. Um, and I would always say like our main objective is we do what we say we're going to do. You know, if, if we make a commitment, we follow through on that. So we have a lot of key attributes which have been, I suppose, created by our whole team, which make things very, um, a little bit easier for us in some respect um, but it's always a challenge you find even working with um, external recruitment agencies that it can kind of be the same candidates floating around um, which, which sometimes makes it difficult because sometimes we are looking for that fresh edge for someone to come in and really just stir things like not stir things up but shake things up you know really kind of put the fire in the bellies and type of a 
a thing. So yeah, I don't know if I answered your question or if I'm just rambling now. No, you you, you certainly did, and there's quite a lot there to that I want to pick up on. Um, firstly, you, you mentioned it in terms of where the skills skill gap is. So you feel it's mostly the kind of health and safety, the the quantity surveyors, the estimators that are that are the difficult roles to find. Yeah, and supervision on site is a big one as well. That would be a big challenge where previously it wasn't. So it's certainly changing the market in the last 12 months, certainly. Yeah. Is that is that just a lack of skills, do you think, that have been developed by people? Or do you think that do you think it's difficult to identify people just from their job titles, their LinkedIn profiles, their CVs? What what's the difficulty finding that that superstar supervisor? Um, I think the difficulty is sometimes the skill set that people do. Um, so they could be, you know, working with a much smaller contractor and might be a site manager and they might be managing maybe seven to 10 personnel just because that's the project that they're working on. But we're looking for supervisors who can come in and manage like a whole aspect of a package and be managing maybe 20 or 30 personnel. And it's quite different. So you have to make sure that whoever you bring on board is is capable and able and able to handle the job as well. Um, so I think there's sometimes a difference there um, in terms of they want to get into the modular side of the business or the data center game, but they're just not at that that level yet. Um, so sometimes we just look for other positions for them or create new positions because we see that they add value or we, we take the chance, bring them on board and they can handle it and they're promoted within three months or six months to, I suppose, where the original position was, um, which is something that we are quite good at is if we do see potential in someone, whether there's a role there or there isn't a role there, we will either, you know, if we feel it, it will add value, we'll create roles and bring them on board and, you know, to help grow our team. The other aspect of it um, is, I suppose, for, for supervision, there's just such a fluid market. So a lot of the people are, are more so going to agency now um, because there is such a high demand because of COVID, I think, that projects were delayed. So people were kind of moving quite freely or just taking some time off because obviously they're, they're very busy. And then all of a sudden construction opens again, but the deadlines didn't move. So the resources had to, to ramp up. So therefore agencies have just been like, everywhere pulling people from all different companies and so on so there's just not that availability of people coming off jobs at the moment people aren't finishing a job looking for something new they are just kind of in the, the heat of a, a project because COVID had put delays on so um and the other side of it is Brexit as well I think um the UK do supply some extremely um qualified and very um well-experienced personnel who are very much used to the international projects. Um, I've certainly found that, that you do get a lot of um, UK nationals that have always been in Europe, always been in projects in Europe and are moving freely throughout Europe. And now because of Brexit, we just can't move them as freely around Europe without work permits and visas, because obviously you have to be compliant. We're working with very high profile clients. So everything has to be, you know, you have to have all your permits, all your visas, etc. And then you have the COVID impact there where the backlog is maybe nine months and it's just not feasible. So you, sometimes you feel like you're getting hit from every angle, um, but you just have to find kind of a way around it and a, a solution that suits best. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and COVID and Brexit have certainly enhanced the problem much further. I think more broadly speaking, the construction industry, I'd say the two biggest things that I hear and, and find are limiting the talent pool is the, the demographic and 
I guess, slightly aging workforce that we have in, in the construction market, but also the, the reputation of the industry. And it, it's something I want to touch on later in terms of module build and modular construction. But do you, do you find that to be a problem as well in terms of getting convincing people to come into the construction industry because it maybe has a bad reputation of, of maybe a lack of safety or just um, not, not enjoying that kind of trades position? Or um, I would say, like, personally, I, it hasn't really dawned on me before, I suppose, the construction industry having a, a bad reputation because in Ireland it's very strong. Um, and people seem just seem to really be interested in construction um, the safety element of it I think it can sometimes always be a concern but if you look at where construction was 10 years ago it's a completely different environment um, that's why health and safety officers are so hard to come by because there's they're just so qualified and they have so much experience now um, that it, they're hard to, to come by and to secure um so i would say more so it's the demands on the pro of projects that maybe kind of shade our our industry a little bit that you know if you're in construction that you are you will be working hours um it can be very stressful and um, anybody that's probably built their own house will tell you how stressful it was so they can't even imagine you know working in it full time so maybe there's aspects of that but i think as an industry with trade unions and collective agreements across all the different countries as an industry, we are doing better than we were ever doing um, kind of 10 years ago in terms of looking out for the workers and making sure that everybody gets rest um, so that they're not doing these crazy hours on site. And then that comes back to just resourcing your projects more. So therefore more, more problems trying to get more people because there's, there's less people in the market. Yeah, so let, let's use safety professionals as an example. How, how do we bring quality and talented safety people into the industry um, and, and what industries can people more easily transfer from do you reckon into the kind of data center life science construction space i think any role where you're hands-on health and safety there's a lot of transferable skills so we've had health and safety officers come aboard who previously worked in shipyards which is obviously very very different but your hands he, he was a very hands-on person was always on the, the floor so I think that where you, your background where you're coming from it depends on what you were previously doing in that role regardless of the industry um, something where you know it is hands-on and there is obviously a lot of risks and hazards um, if you're kind of based in an office 50% of the week, it's going to be quite difficult to, to transfer those skills over and you'll find it very demanding. Um, but anyway, anything kind of where you're out with people, and that's a big thing, health and safety, you have to have really good people skills um, to be able to communicate with them, okay, this is a risk, um, but this is kind of why we have this action in place, not just telling them we're doing this now, that's it you need to have good interpersonal skills to be able to explain them why we're doing these things. Why is it a risk? What could happen? Um, and so on. So the industries, as I think it's just as long as you're out there with people on the floor, managing and observing health and safety daily, you, you will be okay within the construction industry. It will be a step up, of course, but um, you, those are, are pretty transferable skills. Yeah. And, and how about bringing younger people into the, the market then? What about you, you touched upon Mercury and, and, and your big contractors like CISC being able to offer good graduate programs and schemes and apprenticeships and, and things like that. 
Um, but how can we do more and, and how can small and mid-sized businesses also contribute to offering graduate and apprenticeship programs? Yeah, I think everybody should get involved in apprenticeships. We've recently um, just launched an apprenticeship program for manufacturing technicians and engineers. Um, but we certainly see that the apprenticeship route is certainly the way forward. But it's being a, you know that if you bring on board somebody who has maybe done environmental and health science from a university, they're not going to be able to go on a floor and manage 60 people. So it's about being able to have someone that can mentor them and guide them. And you really do have to invest in that person or people to bring them along with the journey along with you. And, you know, they will certainly add value to, to the company because they're bringing a fresh skill set in as well. And you can kind of mold them in a way that kind of this is the data center and teach them the best practices from the get go. They don't have many bad habits, which is always an advantage. But the smaller companies, they might struggle to do that because they'll kind of have to carry that person for a couple of years, maybe until they are at that stage where they can manage a project on their own from a health and safety perspective. Um, so you don't have to launch a graduate program, maybe 20 or 30 people the size of, of Mercury or, or CIS, for example, it can just be one or two or just one, you know, and bring them along the journey with you and invest in them and show them that this, you know, we are very much so setting up your career with us, um, pro provide training, CPD, exposure to different elements of the business as well. We certainly at Modulebuild feel that that's the way forward. So although we've launched a apprenticeship program in our data center technology department we are looking at it across all of the departments so we bring on a lot of graduate qs's every year and we, we do that because our commercial department's always growing but we're looking at it from like estimating point of view as well to bring someone in and kind of teach them the skills of estimating because estimating is kind of a mix of backgrounds um finance supervision charge you know coming in as an apprentice or even an operative and then working your way up as well so it's something that we um are heavily investing in over the next 12 months no that, that's brilliant and i completely agree i, I think it's the the best way to to move forwards um and i'm sure module build will massively benefit from this in the future to have those people coming through the ranks from 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 whether it is coming from university or whether it's coming out straight out of school or, or wherever it may be um, I'm sure that'll massively benefit Modubuild. Something else you, I wanted to pick up on was how Modubuild stand out from the crowd. You, you mentioned you you think the biggest attraction for Modubuild is the module is the modular component, um, and and the fact that it is, I guess, from my perspective and, and most people's, that the future of, of the industry is is that right? Would you say is that the biggest attractive feature about Modubuild? Do you think? Yeah. Everybody wants, whenever I ask someone in you know, like, why, why apply to us? Why not apply to, to somewhere else? They said, it's, it's the modular side of the business that interests everybody. The fact that it is the future of construction, it was kind of, I think people were questioning it for a while, but more and more you see modular companies popping up all over the place, people doing it in their houses. It could just be their shed or it could be a commercial building or any other type of a building. So people are certainly seeing that now it is making a lot of sense. Um, people are very much so attracted to the fact that, you know, we are in Kilkenny, we hire a lot of local people. It's, it's right there. They don't have to travel up to Dublin, which is what an hour or so, that there's a project, a kind of a multinational or global project happening right here on my doorstep. I want to be involved. 
so you have that aspect as well but certainly the modular is the side that attracts everybody especially graduates and, and the younger personnel coming out of college that they've touched on it in college and it really interests them and now they kind of want to see it we have a lot of videos as well that we post on social media of projects that we have done modularized and they get a lot of traction and people are, are very interested in them so we had recently delivered um, a project for Wuxi Pharmaceuticals in Dundalk, which will be the largest pharma plant in Europe. And we had built that fully modularized in our factory in Cascomer, and it took us 10 days to uh, weather tight it or weatherproof it on site and put it back together on site. So our time on site to actually put that building back together was 10 days, which is mental. Obviously there was commissioning and testing and, and other parts of it that went afterwards, but that was the, the main build was done in, in 10 days and which had all been done from Cascomer. It's much safer, it's a much higher quality and we just have much more control over the projects, you know, because a lot of, it's the little things on projects which I think sometimes set us back or in general like materials, there's nowhere to, to store them or you know, we're waiting for a delay on this and, and all these other components which all have to work together for the project to be completed where we have, you know, an in-house steel manufacturer so kind of that's already there it's in the factory we have a loading bay a very large loading bay so we know what we have capacity for so we have control over all of these elements that sometimes slow things down on projects so people just like that that they can come in everything's ready to go and it's just boom 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 let's get these modules done let's get them tested let's get them commissioned and let's get them on site and fitted um and so people like the rush of it i think the earth like the, the drive and the urgency to get this project delivered in a short time frame, I think that interests people very much. So. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's one thing to attract good people, but how, how do you keep them at Module Build? Is it, is it the culture you develop? Do people just fall in love with, with modular construction? Do you just pay more than anyone else on the market? What, what is it that keeps people at, at Module Build in the long term? Um, career progression is the biggest one, I would say. Um, like we bring people on board, we, we might take a chance on someone and say, look, we'll, we'll bring you on board and see how it goes. You know, you're probably not at the role we need to be at yet, but they come in and they absolutely hit the ground running and they are promoted in three months, six months. They're taking on more responsibility all the time. We have a very good communication structure within the company and we don't like to really see it as a hierarchy and that we are a team. So everywhere, every post you'll see it's, it's module team or different teams and departments so we do like to see ourselves as a team and we've kind of carried that from when we were a small company of 20 people we have carried that through where we're now kind of hitting the around 100 mark so it's really important to us that whoever we do bring on board can integrate into our team culture we always help each other out like it doesn't matter if somebody's asking me a question and if they're completely like it's it's not my department not my area of expertise even if I can't help them, I'll send them in the direction that maybe they can be helped. So it's never, oh, you know, that's your that's your issue. You deal with that. It's okay. Let's have a look. Let's see how we can fix this together. And we are working in very stressful, high demand, high demanding clients, um, very quick deadlines. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a energized environment, I would say, because we don't let it overcome us. If there's an issue or if there was a problem, so you know, we sit down and we look at how we can address it together. It's a no blame culture. And I think that's really important in construction that sometimes people are very easy to point the finger 
say, oh, well, they slowed us down, so they, we couldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. But as a team internally, we all work together and we all do everything that we can to help one another out. Um, and we do put a bit of emphasis on our social side of the business as well. COVID obviously has put some some barriers in place there, but um, on one of our projects in Sweden, you know, they have a gay football club. They go for like weekly dinners, obviously in line with all the COVID guidelines, of course. Um, and we, they went dog sledding, saw the Northern Lights. So you know, we heavily invest in the social aspects of the projects. And then like in our, our head office in Kenny, we do tag rugby every week. We were going to the gym, doing spinning classes, do you know, um, Joe ice creams just in the office someplace, just the little things that, that you know, keep morale high and, and stuff like that. So I think our culture is the main reason that we do retain people, but we do invest very heavily in them in terms of training, development, um, career progression. People come in sometimes as an intern or administrator and they say, look, Kind of interested in health and safety i was like okay we'll we'll put you aside beside a health and safety officer for a week see how you get on and then we'll come back and we'll readdress and then we might look at them doing like a knee wash or an eye wash or something like that and, and then that they're they're slowly going down that health and safety route and within a year they're, they're probably going to be a health and safety officer if it all goes well or you might have someone come in as a admin they go down the finance route so they like numbers now you can be going to the, the finance department and even like myself, I, I came in solely as a recruiter, but I do like the HR and compliance now as well. I, I never thought I would touch a bit of compliance in my life, but I love it, you know. So the more you we the more people want, the more we will give. And you have a lot of autonomy in your role as well to just come in, shake things up. So that's why we like kind of experienced supervisors to come in from different industries, specifically oil and gas. You'll find that those supervisors or those project management teams, they have very strong kind of fully rounded backgrounds and like contractual knowledge knowing how to manage suppliers materials clients they kind of have a, a very good idea of everything just to the industry that oil and gas is so they come in and they really do kind of shake things up a bit which is great you know and we're all learning off one another so i'd say they're kind of the key reasons that we we have a very um dedicated and loyal team for sure the, the big overarching question that I'm going to leave open to you here, Kira, is are modern methods of construction, such as modular and offsite and prefab construction, are they the solution to bridge the talent gap? I don't think there's ever a one solution to bridge the talent gap. I think it really depends on the economy and, and kind of where we are, as we kind of saw in previous recessions and, and stuff like that. The modular side of the business it certainly demands very um, qualified and experienced personnel um, because of the type of products that we deal with. They're very niche. Um, we are very fortunate that we have a very experienced and advanced technical manager on board who is always looking at new products. How can we do things more modularized? How can we do things better? And he has certainly brought us all on a journey of new Kind of modular construction methods and, and how we can always continue and improve will it skill will it bridge the the talent gap i i don't think so but it's a new aspect of construction i don't think it's going to be like a an add-on what we're seeing is all different contractors maybe even like residential or domestic contractors are all trying to get into it so we're i think eventually we'll all eventually funnel into 
the modular construction part of it there will always be you know traditional construction but the bulk of it will be a modular and I don't know if that will make things more competitive or free pull up free people up a little bit more so I think we're all being kept on our toes a little bit to see how it pans out but you the the talent that is currently in modular construction is amazing it's brilliant you're getting people who are so specialized in the the way that the products work the industry itself how it's it's always changing and, and improving so it will it will always be a shame if those people get get taken out and, and moved around to different companies who want to push and move forwards so that might be a big challenge for current modular companies to retain their people or their kind of their key stakeholders because these newer industries and these new companies will come in and they they'll need those people to, to drive them on as well so i don't think it'll bridge the gap i think it will make things maybe slightly more competitive i don't know i i every day is, is there's always something new popping up um yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I don't think there's any doubt that it, it will just be an add-on to the construction industry. I mean, I asked Damien Farr in a podcast a few months ago the same question, whether modular construction was the future of, of the data center market. And, and he said it's the future of construction full stop. Yeah. Data centers might just be the vanguard of it. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I would say that I that modular construction must be creating new opportunities for different skill sets to come into the industry. So modernizing and digitizing the industry is creating a, a new range of opportunities, whether that's in supply chain management, logistics, assembly techniques, or digital design. So you must be seeing people coming in from different backgrounds that would never have originally come into the construction industry, um, but are bringing, a, I think you said, bringing that fire in the belly, that, that kind of coming in and stirring the pot a little bit and shaking things up. Yeah, certainly you do see people from more niche backgrounds that maybe we wouldn't have considered in the past, but because of a certain project or project that we're doing that we know we're going to be doing in the future again, that we, we do bring them on board. So there'll certainly be new new blood in the industry for sure. But I think the, in my opinion, the main skill gap is still with the, the same, the supervision, the health and safety. There, there's always a good influx of engineers, um, which, is, which is great that there's always um, a lot of engineers going around, but finding, the engineers that can do what you need them to do on projects that will be a bit of a challenge um so i think that that might um, even add to the, the skill um, shortage a bit but the the industry the modular industry it's certainly more diverse yeah um so yeah there there will be more roles in the industry but i do think that there's still going to be a, a gap for the actual the construction heavy or the kind of the csa type roles yeah. So, so to all the safety and quantity surveying professionals that are listening, what, what can Modular offer them that, that will improve uh, their, their career development, their, their lifestyle? Is it, is it more predictable hours and less travel? Is it, is it safer conditions of working? Is it less labor intensive? What, what can Modular Construction offer, offer to these people? I would say all of, of what you had said. Um, we can offer if somebody came to us and they, they did want to get involved in modular construction there is such a huge future there in that construction industry um so we would encourage people to come on board and get involved in these projects which are new to the industry like wushi for example um i think that was the first farmer project of its size to be done modularized 
um, which won Large Farmer Project of the Year. So we want those people to be involved in those projects so they can continue driving. Um, we offer very nice working hours, half eight to five on Monday, Thursday, half eight to half three on Friday, which is always nice. And a heavy, heavy emphasis on work-life balance. So our managing director, Kevin Brennan, he'll be the first man out of the office on Friday evening to go and play handball, you know. Um, so you kind of can see it from our even our, our top level management. We want people to completely detach from work when you're off on your weekends, your day off, enjoy them, come back, be ready to, to go again as well. Um, and I think the, the main thing and maybe the main reason I enjoy working here so much is just that you have so much freedom to kind of put your stamp on a role and put your stamp on a project even more so, especially in the roles like health and safety and quantity surveying or supervision or ones which have a, a, a heavy impact on the project. You can certainly make your stamp upon those projects and try new things and question things as well. We're, we're very much open to people coming into us and saying, why, why are you doing things like that? Like that makes no sense. Like let's, have you tried this way? And we're like, no, but, you know, we, we'll do that now and we want people to encourage people to, to voice their opinions and, and tell us how we can improve. So I think that that's the biggest attraction element uh, from my point of view anyway, is that you have so much autonomy in your role and the more responsibility that you want, which will obviously um, assist in your career progression, whether you come in as a graduate QS and you want to go, you, know, you want to be a commercial manager or commercial director, you know we're never saying that that that's off the table um which is great that you can it, there's no there's no ceiling you just keep you keep going you keep progressing you keep adding to the company and adding value so they're kind of the, the key things which i think attract and retain our talent is that we we do offer very good career progression and training and investments um but it's just the opportunity to be involved in such exciting projects like Wuxi when that was in Castle Comer there was such a buzz about the place um everyone was just absolutely raring to go um and it was a very very successful project and everybody who worked on the team really enjoyed it because it was the first of its kind you know nobody had ever seen a farmer project been done to this scale before so there everybody did have that bit of fire in the belly um which was great to see and then we bring that to new projects there's always lessons learned you know, we're, we're, nobody's perfect, but we always bring that to our next projects and share with our team and bring everybody along the journey with us, um, which is, which I think is great. Yeah, no, brilliant. Sky's the limit, it seems, for, for Modubuild at the moment. Well, <laughs> that seems like a really good place to, to wrap up this discussion, to be honest. Um, any concluding thoughts, comments you, you want to share, Kira? No, I think it's been great to, to have a chat. Um, it's great to shed some light on construction and the data center side because it is so exciting and it's it's very fast paced and it's driven so anybody that is listening that does want to get involved you know feel free to to, to reach out to me certainly at any time um, on linkedin um, or any other kind of platforms um but if if you are ever considering construction and you do want to get involved whether you're just in school get involved that's all i would say is just get involved ask somebody everybody knows somebody that works in construction ask somebody you know oh like what's involved in that what can you do there and um, if you want to travel you know there are so many opportunities to travel across Europe with these projects which is great as well especially if you are young and, and you know you, you you want to see a bit of the world or Europe and so on um, so that's that would be my take on please just get involved um, and just keep driving on and, and get involved yeah 
Yeah, no, brilliant stuff. Well, thanks very much for joining me today. Anyway, Kira, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and I'm sure our audience has as well. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. No, cheers, Kira. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Kira O'Dwyer, the talent experience specialist at Modubuild. It was a fascinating insight into how innovative construction companies are navigating the talent shortage in our industry and standing out from the crowd in order to attract the best talent. In order for the sector to brace itself for the future, it needs to ensure it can attract a diverse talent pool that has the necessary skills to meet its varied and evolving demands, and improving the sector's reputation and appeal to young people is a vital part of this. Construction helps deliver essential health, education and humanitarian projects, as well as sustainability objectives. And this message that our industry is an integrated problem-solving sector that anticipates future needs can create a strong appeal to a generation who consider the meaning of their work and how it contributes to society extremely important. If you'd like to listen, read or watch any more of our construction and built environment content, visit searchingindustrial.com and subscribe to CM Conversations for more insightful podcasts that explore the most talked about topics across each of our industry focuses. Thanks very much for listening. I've been your host, Henry Longhurst. Bye for now.